Let's do this. What is virtualization? You're going to learn today. Innovate like a startup. Deliver like an enterprise. I hope you're coffeeed up and ready because it's going to be a great day. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Virtually Speaking Podcast with Pedro Aero and John Nicholson. Good afternoon and welcome to the Virtually Speaking Podcast, episode number 201. My name is Pete Fletcher, a.k.a. Pedro Arrow, and joining me once again is Mr. John Nicholson. John, how are we doing? It's good. It's uh, it's a bit fire and ice over here. <laughs> Explain. So um, it's actually gotten cold in Texas, which is, you know, um, I guess probably the result of Baylor winning the Big 12 tournament or something. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, I got my new GPU and I've got it, um, you know, doing some things in the background to heat my office. Oh, so, yeah. You know, fire and ice. That's right. You're going full gamer over there with that massive GPU. <laughs> 3080 Ti. You know, I, I like to say uh, thanks to uh, a certain individual at work who um, had, had a guy. You know, I, it feels like a, a, some kind of like shady drug deal or something getting a hold of a video card but I, I got one in time for christmas so i've got some some beautiful gaming i'm you know and the matching fun. monitor the samsung monitor that wraps around your room my goodness <laughs> yeah no the christmas presents the 49 ultra ultra wide which is i think the equivalent of 227s mm -hmm. next to each other um that i'm in the process of planning an office move up the stairs and it's going to be <laughs> glorious i'll post some pictures to the twitter feed once i'm done nice i know i like it so you're saying that you're you like to have all of your your environment on premises is what you're saying <laughs> you know i'm yeah I, I don't like going to an office i don't you know i don't want to use other people's monitors like god you never <laughs> know who's used this monitor i gotta plug my laptop into it am i gonna virus or something come on i'm not being unreasonable here am i well are we segueing into uh our com our topic for today <laughs> well this is what we do this the is what awkward we do. segue absolutely uh so before we before we completely destroy that awkward segue let's bring on our guest he's been on the show before good friend of the podcast uh vmware's very own Heath Johnson. Heath, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man. Always a pleasure. So, Heath, we're, we're talking VMware Cloud on Dell EMC. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we've talked a lot of different solutions here on Virtually Speaking, uh, and I don't think we've touched, I mean, obviously, we've done a lot of conversations around VxRail in the day. Of course, we've done tons on VMware Cloud in general, whether that's VCF, whether that's VMware Cloud on, on Azure or VMware Cloud on AWS. Uh, but yeah, we even had one during VMworld uh, with Apex cloud services, which was a, a very similar, in my opinion, uh, story, uh, but certainly there are some differences. And so um, so before I completely confuse the audience, why don't we do a simple level set? Tell us a little bit about what VMware Cloud on Dell EMC is, and then we'll talk about what's new. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things I picked up the other day from one of our internal VMware support engineers is this solution is a VMware Cloud that you can hug, right? You can actually put your hands on <laughs> So it actually, uh, we actually roll a rack. So a customer goes to the VMware Cloud uh, Solutions Portal and orders a rack of gear, right? Literally pick out how many servers, what size, and it shows up in your data center. Um, and it's fully managed and supported by VMware. When it comes uh, down to the customer, they just run their business applications on top of it. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about, I guess, the, um, you know, rather than start with why, let's start with what. What do I, what what software do I get? I get vSphere, but what else 
all yeah of so you get the full software-defined data center stack right that we've talked about for quite a while now so you get vSphere vSAN you get NSX all included in that and you know, just as much as uh, VMC and AWS gets it we get HCX as well so you can migrate those business applications into this solution making it easy for our customers okay and then if I want to do you know I guess add add pickles to that burger or whatever I could add, drop on VRA or Horizon or some other VMware solutions. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So other solutions certainly plug in just as easy. So we've got uh, certified solutions for things like Horizon desktops and putting Horizon desktops right on top of this thing. Um, and then in the current release, we've just recently added Tanzu, right? So to be able to have a fully managed Kubernetes container solution roll into your data center without having to architect it, that's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. The Tanzu. Absolutely. Uh, that that I still think that's Mike Foley saying that, Pete. <laughs> um, no, it's it's funny you mentioned Horizon because I'm going to talk about everyone on this show's favorite discussion, um, licensing. Yeah. yeah, that's why everyone listens. But I do remember Microsoft had some kind of quirky stuff for public clouds and desktops and yes. Windows portability. And I just thought, since this is actually, it, this isn't in a hyperscale cloud, this actually would just work with your normal licensing. You wouldn't end up having to pay Correct. the weird public cloud tax. Exactly, exactly. So this is not a public cloud solution landing in your data center. This is VMware Cloud on Dell EMC. And so just like you said, the licensing restrictions for public cloud uh, Microsoft solutions does not apply here. You get to actually deploy those solutions on this solution. Yeah, that makes And remember, sense. half of all deployments in the wild of various solutions are based on licensing architecture and not actual technical <laughs> driven needs. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. Well, it definitely answers some of the key customer pain points, uh, or at least some of the, the concerns with, you know, um, cloud. Some some folks have data sovereignty issues. Uh, also, some performance requirements uh, that may uh, be more suitable to having uh, huggable gear, as you put it. Yeah, absolutely. And this thing comes in a ver wide variety of sizes. I think there's five, maybe six different actual size servers that you can pick from when you pick the solution off the VMware cloud portal. And so you can actually pick the size servers that you need and get this uh, rolled right into your data center. And and then you're like, hey, maybe I need some more resources, right? Uh, you started utilizing this thing. You want to scale it up, scale it out, add some more capacity to it. You simply go to that cloud portal. VMware dude shows up on your door at your data center and says, hey, I have our server for you. Can we plug this in, right? It's that easy. So this is like Uber Eats. I just basically say, this is what I want. And then I can track and you guys will be there within a couple of weeks to set it exactly. all up for me. <laughs> It's just a very different type of pizza box, but essentially we're delivering pizza. I like it. I'm now trying to imagine someone actually getting pizza in, into a data center and how angry the security <laughs> ops team would be. Like, will, will oh, you know you've done it, John. Of, will a hot, will a hot steaming pizza set off a Vespa sensor? You know, that's the real question. You know. I'm, I'm going to say yes on that one. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Everything will make it rain in the data center. Yes. Um, very nice. So yeah, this has been around for a little while, uh, you know, VMware Cloud on Dell EMC. And I know that in November, actually just this past month, there was a release with some new features. You mentioned one, the Tanzu. Uh, so we, you know, we want to talk a little bit about that. And uh, and also there's some more enhancements around uh, multi-rack. Is that true? That's true. Right. So we just GA'd our latest release. And this now includes 
As we said before, Tanzu is now included as part of the solution, fully automated installation of Tanzu. But then on top of that, we also have multi-rack, right? So for the last uh, year, year and a half, right, the solution's been out. It's fairly mature at this point, but uh, we've now uh, added the ability to go to a multi-rack scale, right? So initial orders of this came from customers as just a single rack, uh, up to 26 hosts in a rack at this point in time. And now with the GA release on November 30th, we can go to multi-rack. Now they've certified it at this point up to three racks, but the plan is as we go through the certification process to get out to eight racks. Oh, okay. So this will scale up to a nice, uh, nice size solution. Well, this reminds me the original discussions around dimension was around kind of edge robo, whatever you want to call it. These like tiny micro data centers. And then this, the solution kind of pivoted to like, wait, people actually want this in their primary, you know, data center areas. They're exactly, areas exactly. And yeah, yeah, we're kind of being racks. surprised how many customers are actually willing to just put in a full-size rack at the edge, right? And that's what the solution is. It is a full-size rack, right? A 42U rack, but you can order it as small as three hosts, right? Which is uh, different from our some of our other SDDC solutions where we require four. Uh, this one, we only require three, and it's got a unique way of managing the vSAN requirements, right? You guys know vSAN quite well. You're like, hey, how do you do a three-node cluster and still do maintenance? <laughs> that can that kind of gets into an issue. Well, it, included in the solution is a fourth unlicensed host that the customer doesn't pay for. So it's like a cold, warm, standby host that sits in the rack. And if they need it for maintenance or some sort of a failure, it's there and you just call, or you don't even have to call. VMware is monitoring this thing the whole time. They can turn on that spare host to fix capacity and uh, get issues resolved quickly with a whole host that you don't pay for. Well, and that, that cold host for that, it's, you know, I've, worked with customers in the past who had really unique locations and it would always be this awkward discussion with the vendor of like hey you have a four-hour sla but you consistently don't hit it because of where we are <laughs> the local parts depot runs out of stuff someone else had too many failures that is a that's a huge thing of having your own basically dedicated parts depot in the in the form of a dedicated server and that it it sh you get the benefits of basically you know a two hour SLA or better actually in this case you know it's really a fifteen minute parts SLA um, but you get the service economic overhead of you know next business day type exactly you know. exactly it's, you get to have your cake and eat it too there um, yeah which is what cloud's all about cake so. right. So it's a service. It's physically, as you said, huggable in, in your data center and uh, seems to be very scalable. Uh, it makes sense to me. I know we, we we brushed over very quickly about some of the workloads that are supported on that. But Tanzu specifically, is there, I know there are very, there are different versions. So what exactly is supported? Right. So you're getting the Tanzu uh, Kubernetes grid and you also get Tanzu mission control okay. right, included in this, right? So not only do you get to deploy all of those containers, you get to manage them too, right? So this this is a full managed Kubernetes Tanzu solution that's included with this. Um, and it's super easy to deploy, right? Once you order the solution, you can actually go on. If you're familiar with uh, VMware Cloud and AWS and how you would deploy HCX, right? You simply go out there and say, I want to install HCX. And the HCX appliances just get automatically installed inside uh, your VMware Cloud and AWS solution. Same thing for this when it comes to Tanzu and Kubernetes. It uh, has the ability, you just go out 
So the VMware Cloud Portal, click the button. I want Tanzu enabled and it installs those uh, service appliances then for the Kubernetes Tanzu solution. Well, and I, I like that automated element of the installs because, you know, the promise of OVAs has been around forever to make things easier to do. But I always just felt like, you know, a caveman swinging my hand, you know, my 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 primitive tool when in you know the the year 2021 i was still feeding an ova and then logging into a web portal and then rebooting something then logging in again and <laughs> mainly typing in into a you know a web form some some configuration like it just felt very crude and the idea of this saas portal being able to push out these ovas deal with the placement find ip addresses you know deal with dns or whatever other aspects are required um that just that makes me very happy inside yeah no this is this is pretty slick going through the process of deploying townsville on this thing um and being able to quickly deploy a kubernetes solution inside your data center just rolls in right so for customers that need that speed to value to be able to go okay we've got a brand new developer project they want to make this new application but we don't want to spend six to nine months architecting oh, how yeah. to deploy this hardware and getting these, everything installed and configured. Literally, you can go from probably within 14 to 21 days and have this thing sitting in your data center running hmm. uh, with Kubernetes on it. I mean, that to me, that speed to value is pretty powerful in the modern business era. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what is what does the handoff on this look like? What's the networking bits? Um, I assume these are VMware owned and managed switches at top of rack. That's correct, right? So we've got, it includes Dell switches on top of rack um, and it comes with uh, two ports in each switch that have dedicated uplinks to customer gear, right? So you roll this into your data center and you want to connect it to your existing network infrastructure. So each switch has two ports that are dedicated for them to connect to uh, their infrastructure, but there's a boundary there, right? We want to make sure that uh, the way I like to explain it is this is VMware Cloud landing inside your data center. So if you were to buy VMware Cloud on AWS, right. the only way to connect to it is over a layer three connection, yep. right? Yeah. There's firewalls between them. We don't want uh, spanning, spanning tree problems. Spanning tree is not shared. I don't want stuff. a loop on either side to blow everything up. Exactly. So, so that's make good neighbors. Layer three makes good neighbors in a data center also. That's exactly right. So this is so you know customers will think of this as we're dropping the cloud right inside your data center. And we're doing the same thing with your network architecture, right? So as we do have these network connectivity links that go right into your uh, core or whatever switch you've got, we're going to also make this a layer three connectivity between them. So we support static or, or yeah, static or EGBT BGP. Okay, so right? static also for the, the Ludites out there who don't, you know, yes, want to hand chisel routes and don't like protocol protocol. Exactly, exactly. They'll come around eventually when the uh the vSphere admins are like, hey, I need another one today right. and tomorrow and the next day. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, fine, let's put in BGP. Let's get over this. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got flexibility for ease of stand up. Okay, that's fun. So then you know, we talked a little bit about multi-rack, right? So sure, we got two top rack switches. How does this scale out to multi-rack? So when we go into the multi-rack configuration, rack two actually gets some extra spine switches. So we end up deploying a spine leaf network architecture. That oh, good. So the first rack doesn't have to do double duty. You actually get real, real leaf spine. Yes, yes. So we get real leaf spine architecture. The spines are just for multi-rack or just for spanning across racks. That layer three connectivity still remains in rack one for uplinking to the customer site. That's fine. I probably don't need multi-terabit routing into the customer environment. 
Right. Right. Yeah. So it's really just to cover. We have all seen how much traffic is really just east west, right? When we're well, talking about all these specific So you probably have with four links, you'd have a hundred gig into the customer network, right? So when we do the multi-rack and do that spine leaf architecture, it's actually four 100 gig links oh, wow. per rack. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a beefy spine. They're, we're using some of the latest and greatest technology from Dell as far as networking switches go to deploy this infrastructure. Wow. And that's on every deployment. Like, you know, I know like exactly. not T-shirt sizes, but like the, the supporting infrastructure is the same across regardless of how large or small your environment is. Yep, exactly. So the, and then uh, from that spine or from the leaf perspective, right, for uplinks to the customer, those can be uh, ordered in either a 10 or 25 gig uplink configuration. So we've okay, got the yeah, so that, that would be four by 25. So that would be a hundred out, which, yes, yep. having a hundred gig connection to a private cloud that's one millis- sub one millisecond away. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to respond just as quickly as a customer would ever need it to. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if there's another need, then I'm not aware of it. Right. Well, I don't want to spend too much time getting too deep into the hardware because, hey, this is a service, right? That's the whole point. I mean, you know, this is something that is deployed and managed by VMware. You basically order it and you can actually start working. Um, But what about support? Like um, since this is, you know, managed by VMware, what does that look like? Do I, something's going wrong, I go straight to VMware and, and what does that look like? Yeah. So VMware is monitoring all the hardware, right? From the backend infrastructure. These things are phoning home to VMware. And that sounds a little concerning when you think about it, like, wait, there's this hardware in my data center that's phoning home to VMware. What the heck? <laughs> um, so, you know, customers might be initially concerned about that. But so the way this is architected is we're actually using two Velo Cloud appliances in each rack. Uh, that are attached to the management network infrastructure, right? So we're attaching that to the IDRAX on all of these uh, Dell VxRail hosts that are in the rack, and we're also monitoring the switches. And so these are all phoned home just on that backend management network right. uh, to VMware. So, and that's at the same time, that's how VMware supports upgrading all this infrastructure. So they're able to dial in and upgrade firmware, BIOS, all of those different components over this Velo cloud network that we have uh, within the uh, within the solution. And so when things break, we're getting a, a, you know, a phone home uh, from that. And then it's four hour break fix on hardware, right? Oh, wow. So if, so if something breaks, we'll have a VMware engineer show up at your door with the parts necessary to get that thing back online. Um, but like we talked about earlier, there's also that spare host if things need to come on quicker than a four hour break fix solution. So that's that's a lot, there's a lot of value in that. But then also we look at patching, right? How do we patch or upgrade this thing? That's all up to VMware. You, you just as the customer, just relax, run your business applications and move forward. VMware will patch and upgrade the solution as those security or uh, software updates come out. Um, so if we look at the cadence of VMware Cloud on AWS, it's actually the same code base from VMware Cloud on AWS that trickles down to VMware Cloud on Dell EMC inside your data center. Ah, so okay. when those patches come out, um, they trickle down to us here at, uh, the, with the Dell solution and we uh, apply those patches. Now, customers have the option to kind of tell us, when do you want these things to update? Yeah, that's right? important. So. <laughs> 
So sometimes customers have stuff where they're like, all right, I got to put something in maintenance mode or business application or warn some people, right? That we're going to start v-motioning some of these virtual machines around. And so we're going to give you a heads up and work with you as a customer to make sure that this meets your business needs um, and schedule that maintenance window to fit your business. Okay. I like that, you know, it's automated, but you still can, can pick the window because people have their various, I dare say, want to see kind of religions around patching. Um, there's the, you know, go, 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 the, you know, patch Tuesday hits, I'm patched, you know, 30 seconds later. There's the, we like to wait a month and, you know, see if there's anyone else has had impacts. Then there's the, um, you know, we patch Friday into the weekend to reduce custom, any customer impact. Uh, or the weekend, there's I patch at 3 a.m. for some ungodly reason, or hopefully I have an ops person in Perth who's awake for that. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, my my favorite is read-only Friday. Friday is sacred. Don't do any changes on Friday. That way we all have a calm weekend. So depending on which kind of group you subscribe to there, um, you, you've got your, you know, they can, they can make arrange. You can make arrangements. Right. Yep. So it's real nice to be able to have that VMware support on the back end, doing all that proactive monitoring and taking a look and making sure everything's running uh, quite well. I was actually involved a little bit in a, a VMworld session with a customer and they were like, yeah, we were surprised when VMware called us and said, after we deployed the solution and immediately filled it up, they're like, hey, you do realize that you are running at capacity at this point, right? And they're like, whoa. <laughs> Wow. So they're even monitoring how much of the solution we're using just to make sure that we don't run it dry. Yeah. Right. And so that was that was uh, very impressed by the customer how much VMware is. Hey, we're, we're here to take care of you and make sure that you get a good feel for how this works and that you understand we're watching and making sure this is going to be a good solution for your business. I mean, that's that has been kind of the reality of virtualization and oversubscription technologies is you end up with a lot of performance or, or outages, frankly, that are self-inflicted from like, this is awesome. And then, you know, you've been to the buffet too many times and you way too much, you know, ice cream or steak or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, we actually got to we got to right size this. This was a bad idea. I need new pants. So yep. I, I like that. That's part of the SLA is the capacity monitoring and helping um, guide people in that direction. So they don't exactly. be like, I bought this. It sucks. Like, ah, uh, you ran out of space, man. Like, yeah. that's kind of what happens. So uh, exactly. or budget, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, but you still have the you're in charge of the knob to hit by another host or whatever. So right. Um, so speaking of budget, right? So IDC classifies this as local cloud as a service, right? So one of the things that customers get out of this is freedom from asset ownership, right? This is no longer capital expenditure. Oh, okay. That way. So it's on-premises, right. but it's not CapEx. Right. You can budget this as OpEx, right? It's local cloud as a service. You're paying this for this as a solution service. Hmm. So freedom from asset ownership, subscription-based pricing. So trying to be able to figure out what kind of payment terms do you want. You can uh, sign up for as little as a one-year contract or go out to, I think, a three-year contract at this point and then pay all up front or you can pay monthly Right. So being able to have all those different freedoms of being able to how to pay for this thing, um, a lot of value in that. Well, and I like the, that one year contract term because you offer, I've seen, I personally got in a situation with management where they come to me and be like, hey, we need this solution. We need it for a year. And I'm like, <laughs> we're going to need it for more than a year. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You know, because here's the here's the reality is 98 percent of people who sign up for one year contract term of this are going to sign it. And then, you know, day 380 hits and you're still running whatever it is you're running. But yeah. because you were able to say, look, management, I met you at one year. Oh, it's time for the next year. You know, yeah. you can you can at least 
buy into the fairy tale that workloads truly will only run for one year. Um, and then, you know, you've already got the solution. It's on-prem, and it's easy just to extend as needed. You know, it's kind of like when you, you know, lease a car, and then right now you're trying to find another car, and you're like, you know what? I just want to extend this lease, you know? Um, you've, you've got some flexibility there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so there's there's ton of value in being able to have this local cloud as a service, like we talked about earlier. This is the VMware cloud that you get to hug. It's right inside your data center. Yeah. So speaking of hugs and warm fuzzies, um, let's talk about, I guess, kind of the, the trust angle. Um, it's always the elephant in the room on any cloud service is why, you know, why should I trust someone else to be managing my environment? You know, what are, what are the indemnities? What, what is it? What does the rubber meet the road? Are people just logging in and browsing my VMs? You know, what's, what's going on here? Right. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, this is a VMware branded service, right? We've been in the industry a long time. Our customers trust VMware. They know us, they love us, they deploy our solutions all over the globe and they trust our business with, with our brand name on them, right? And when it comes down to it, um, you know, the SREs, this is, they have access to the VMs and the hardware because we're running this solution for our customers. So it really comes down to the legal contracts, being able to support this and say, hey, yeah, you, we are VMware. You can trust us to help run your business with this solution. I mean, in the end, you're looking at the same kind of legal contracts when you purchase public cloud infrastructure, right? If you purchase right. uh, VMware Cloud for on AWS or even just go to those native And, and all the trusting, scalers, the immutable logging and all the internal auditing that goes with that. exactly you, there's there's legal contracts for all those solutions that define who has access to what and you know, we all you know, nobody wants the edward snowden effect right where somebody walks away with your data uh, secretly but we've got legal contracts in place to secure that and then we're also securing all these solutions right so there's things like uh vmware encryption included inside all these solutions right so we've got data at rest encryption with all the vsan disks so all those different things we try and take care of those solutions as much as possible well yeah the vmware encryption is always cool because you can actually set up immutability against your own admins with that but you know, it's it's interesting like you compare to public cloud, but I think one thing people forget is you have you have vendors already that you subscribe to that are in a high trust position. Oh, of you course. have phone companies who can undermine a lot of your two factor, no matter how much you move things to tokens um, or listen to your calls. Uh, your DNS, um, you know, very few people in this modern era and day actually run their public DNS servers. And if someone runs your public DNS servers, they can just hijack your mail, just repoint the MX records. So at the end of the day, you know, you think, well, you know, but I trust Route 53 and you should, to be fair, or I trust AT&T and, you know, you should. But this is just, you know, this is a transition. Any type of this, it, it triggers some people to be kind of wary or concerned. Um, but what about what about for customers who say, you know, I'm a nation state or whatever, and I've got some some specific requirements. What are my other options? What besides this would I look at? Yeah, I'm sure we've got other sovereign cloud solutions, right? This is a new thing from VMware. And this may not fit all those sovereign cloud needs, right? But we've got other solutions when you're looking for data sovereignty uh, from VMware. Well, and I, I like that VMware is presenting this option as, hey, let's make your support experience, your purchasing, your runtime, your easy use rock as much as possible. But we're not saying this is the only way. We're not burning every other bridge you know, off this peninsula. Exactly. Uh, kind of exactly. This is for those customers that, you know, especially have already had the experience of VMware Cloud on AWS. And they're like, man, I wish I had something like this, mm -hmm. but I could get it on premises in my data center. Here it is. 
Oh, yeah. Simple and easy. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people that where this is going to fit perfectly. I, I agree completely. So you mentioned VMworld. Uh, I know you did some some sessions around uh, VMware Cloud. I'd love to get links to those for the show notes of the podcast. And I want to point some folks to where they can learn more about this. So if you have any specific questions, you can email VMC on Dell EMC at VMware.com. There's a landing page on VMware.com for VMware Cloud on Dell EMC as well. Uh, but yeah, Heath, I want to give you the, the last word here. W- what do we need to take away from, from folks that are interested in using VMware Cloud on Dell EMC? Yeah, so if you want to just kind of get a look at what this is behind the scenes a little bit, there's actually, uh, after VMworld now, a hands-on lab available for this, right? And it gets you the ability to walk through a little bit of the user interface, get to touch a couple things uh, within the experience so that you can see what this looks like. Um, and I hope to expand on that myself. That's kind of part of my charter is tech marketing is to be able to provide uh, some of those assets out there publicly. I want to add some more out there. So uh, keep an eye out on Hands-On Lab and, nice. and definitely take a look at uh, the blogs out there. Um, we're going we're gonna to push some blogs out and push some demos out and uh, really start to show off all these features of the solution. But if you wanted to dive in a little bit, take a look at the Hands-On Lab that's publicly available right now and gets you a little bit of a hands-on experience with what this looks like. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Heath, thanks for joining us, man. We look forward to having you on again. Very very soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, that music tells me it's time to go. So if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at podcast at VMware.com. You can subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice by searching Virtually Speaking Podcast. You can catch this in all episodes at vspeakingpodcast.com. A big thanks to our friend Heath for joining us this week and talking about VMware Cloud on WMC. We're back next week, but until then... Jibba jabba.